one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. The Talksport Daily podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whether your business needs cars, vans, or larger commercial vehicles, you can rent from the best lineup in the UK with Enterprise. And with flexible long-term rental, you can get vehicles for as long as you need them, from minutes to months. Whatever the mission, Enterprise's mobility experts can build a bespoke solution to suit your business needs. Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, happy Wednesday, my friends, and welcome, of course, to another Andy Goldstein TalkSport Euro sort of daily podcast. And we start with the news that UEFA has opened disciplinary proceedings against the FA over the behaviour of fans at England's Euro 2020 final. They have been charged with four offences from incidents inside Wembley. The Times chief football writer Henry Winter believes that England won't get the World Cup now in 2030 after Sunday's scenes. Echoes of the hooliganism in the 70s and 80s, not on such a broad scale, but you've only got to have been in, inside Wembley, to be honest, to be outside Wembley and just the walk up Wembley Way, which was absolutely rammed. I mean, there were what, 67,000 people were supposedly at the game. That was the official capacity given. I would have said there were at least in pushing 1,500, 2,000 more in there because there were areas like in front of us in the press box, there is the, uh, the sort of disabled area and people were just crammed in there. You know, I mean, there were kids in wheelchairs who were being sort of squeezed to one side. The aisle down the right everyone was standing you know what Wembley's like it's a pretty organized stadium yeah. and everyone's shown to their seats and everyone knows who they are but obviously from the semi-final onwards everyone knew or a lot of people knew that actually there were going to be empty spaces and if they could get through the very thin security line the poor stewards there were overwhelmed the police weren't really in, around in sufficient numbers and you could see doors being opened and fans just sort of flooding through and it was it was pretty disgraceful and pretty shaming and any thought the FA have of announcing this week they're going to bid or really push for the 2030 World Cup, I think has gone up in a puff of smoke. Now, Simon Jordan thinks it's a minority that spoil the reputation of English sports fans. We'll get the take of Sergio, a Wembley steward, as well as Hugh Wisencroft. But first, this is the former senior police officer and former commander, Nick Glynn, who thinks these sorts of incidents need to be factored in when building new stadiums. I think we need to look at design, stadium design, the way in which the queuing and entry to the stadium was organised, because you can design out most of those problems. You go to stadiums around the world and it's impossible for those things to happen because it's designing out the difficulties. And I think that's really one of the things that, you know, Wembley themselves, the Football Association, Brent Council, the police, but also really importantly, fan representatives. So actual football fans, get them involved in the design of this. When I was outside the stadium, I think I took about an hour to get into the stadium. It had become very apparent that, hundreds of people had gone into the stadium without tickets and I don't know 
where the fault lies with this and there needs to be a full review from the FA. I was disgusted to hear Mark Bullingham of the FA say we don't run a fortress. I couldn't have felt less safe inside Wembley Stadium. Inside Wembley Stadium. I was surrounded by people having a laugh and a giggle about how they'd got into the stadium through the turnstiles without tickets. This is nothing to do with what you've seen on social media of people barging through open doors. There were people going to turnstiles, the kids behind me bragging to one another, various groups, they weren't together, saying, how did you get in? How did you get in? They were basically saying, we just put a screenshot underneath the turnstile and it opened. There was something desperately wrong. I was getting notifications on my phone, turn your Bluetooth on. I got several from the Euro 2020 app from UEFA. I got a message from a journalist who was already inside saying that the turnstile Bluetooth system hadn't been checked, Mm. basically. And so a screenshot was enough to get people in to the stadium. Mm. And hundreds of people had done this before they'd realised that the screenshot, the QR code, had not matched with the Bluetooth. And so they were desperate for everyone to turn their Bluetooth on. By then, it was way too late. And I had people all around the stadium, every section that they were in saying, yeah, surrounded. People were asking people to move out of seats people were having a laugh about it saying they'd done the same thing to get into the semi-finals we had to ask a couple of people to leave because they were shouting horrible things to a young uh, family we asked them to get moved but even the rapid response unit they took half an hour to get to us to, to eject these people who were drunk disorderlies we felt unsafe the prime minister was in the game you want to feel safe yeah I went through the turnstile, zero search. I actually asked a security guard, don't you want to search me? Because I had a big camera underneath my hoodie. Mm. It could have been anything. And he was like, no, go on. And you're thinking, hold on a minute. When I got to the turnstile, the steward was shouting, does anyone have a real ticket? And I was like, well, yeah, I've got a real ticket. Can I come through? There is a section of English sports fans, a minority section that behave appallingly. They're not representative of the overall body of fans that support the England team around the world, support the England rugby team, the England cricket team, uh, the boxing stars that we have in this country. They are a credit at times, but there are a section of people in our society that are antisocial that need to be attended to and dealt with. Now, hundreds of people have gathered for demonstration at a mural of Marcus Rashford in Manchester. It's been vandalised after England's defeat to Italy but has since been covered in messages of support. Sam Matterface was there for TalkSport. I was actually quite taken aback by how many people were outside. They closed the road off, very small street. There's a high street just around the corner. They closed the small road off behind where the mural is, and everybody was there paying their tributes and making sure that they were spreading a unifying message of hope and engagement with someone who's done so much for the local community in the city. I'm a massive United fan. I've been to Old Trafford with my dad from being a little girl. Um, so Rashford is a true hero. He's fed all our children across Manchester and I've just got major support for him and I just want to show my support because I feel like we need to teach our children equality, diversity from the age so that this racism doesn't happen anymore. And so to matters on the field for England, where we'll hear former manager Steve McLaren on England's chances at Qatar next year. But first, this is Warren Barton and why he, along with England fans, feels a connection with the players. You can relate to me, sort of like you know them really well. And you know, we've never met the boys really, but you sort of you know their personalities and know what they're like, and you, you feel for them. You want them to do well, and you've seen the they, the, the way they played a game with a bit of pace and energy and pride. And you know, we remember when Sven was there, and it was like a 
a closed shop. It was like the elite, and it was all above us and the Beckhams and everything else. You couldn't go near them and all yeah. the wags and all, the, all that type of thing. This is like about us. It's so diverse, so mixed. You've got so many different people involved, and that's what you can you can relate to them. You know, you, you feel like you know, they're one of your kids that you want them to do well, and you want them to go out there, and Gareth's trying to lead them in, in that direction. And the goalkeeper made his move, and Rashford tried to roll it past him, and has rolled it into the post. If Rashford's penalty goes in, the whole thing could change. But he's strong enough and character enough to go up to do it and take it and he missed, you know. I heard the great Stuart Pearce talk about it as well, you know, what he had to go through and uh, showed the character. And I'm sure Rashford will be the same. And they're going to come out better than this, you know, better for going for it. It doesn't feel like it at the time. You know, it's devastating for everybody. But we're, we're proud of them. And I, I think they should know that. And I think they should understand what they've done for everybody. We've got players coming through and we will gain from this experience. I mean, this, you mentioned the ages of Saka, 19, doing what he's doing, you know, and other players, other players going abroad, but other players also coming through the conveyor belt of academies to supplement that. That you know, the only barrier, you know, we're competing with the best, we're being the best, we will be in Qatar, one of the top four teams that can win that tournament. Now, you might recall that Roy Keane wasn't impressed with Jack Grealish not taking a penalty in Sunday's final. Well, this is Trevor Sinclair jumping to the Villa players' defence. After, of course, Jack Grealish tweeted his own defence, I imagine. He's got to. He's got to defend himself. Because, like we all know, Roy Keane's got an opinion. Uh, and he, and he, he does give out critique to players, which, you know, he's a former player. It, it's an opinionated sport. Um, but you can't just accept that, knowing that it's not the truth. And, and then just, you know continue with life. I feel he's got every right to defend himself. And we're not privileged. Roy Keane's not privileged. We're not privileged at Talk Sport to know what's going on in them meetings when they're talking about penalties. I believe Jack. I don't think he's a shrinking violet. He's a player that steps up to the plate. When it's when you want to make a name for yourself, that's when you step up. Unfortunately, I, I do believe Gareth Southgate has, has picked Saka. Uh, he trusts him. And, you know, that's out of Jack's control. So, you know, I think he's well within his right to defend himself. And I certainly believe him. And you know what? Listen, I think Roy Keane with the fact that Jack Grealish left the Irish squad went to the English squad I think there's a little bit of sour grapes there personally Now on to drive and Adrian Durham and Dean Ashton discussed Italy's Jorginho and whether or not he's a Ballon d'Or contender yes he is here's your proof of course he's not Jorginho right footed oh audaciously done and Jorginho has done it how much of a shout has Jorginho got? And I say this because, you know, a keeper's won the player of the, the tournament. It's always been strikers, goal scorers, or, or possibly playmakers who have won um, these awards, these gongs. Maybe, maybe they're branching out a little bit and maybe Jorginho's got a chance. Yeah, I think with Modric winning it, um, especially when you've got Messi and Ronaldo with the dominance that they've had, I think maybe just maybe saw a shift in the importance of certain players in other parts of the in other parts of the pitch. I think Ungole Conte was definitely on the list before this uh, before this tournament for his performances, and Jorginho should be as well. Whether the people that are looking at it and deciding them things look in as much depth as I think you need to to understand just how good Jorginho is, how important he is to Chelsea, how important he is to to Italy is is another is another thing because I think if you really look in uh, in depth at Jorginho he's so important and what he actually does for the side both defensively and offensively is so so important and vital to those two sides lifting trophies on now to the British and Irish Lions and incredibly Alan Wynne-Jones could feature in the tour against South Africa despite dislocating his shoulder a few weeks ago 
My goodness, those rugby boys are tough. Rugby legend James Haskell believes he will be invaluable to the squad regardless of whether or not he plays. It's an amazing recovery. I would be slightly sceptical as to how fit that will be, depending if it was a full dislocation, because sometimes you can do something partly and it's okay, but actually it's not quite simple. Alan Wynne-Jones is being led off by a medic who is holding his left arm in place to not move anything. Alan Wynne-Jones is a remarkable individual, the most capped rugby player in the world. If anyone can come back to him, and even if he's just over there, for a bit of steadying the ship, a bit of emotional guidance, a bit of kind of raising the standard of training, because if you... If you ask what he does in training, when the coach says, right, lads, on me, he's the first one in. He's the first one out to training. He's the last one in from training. He is incredibly professional. And just having his presence, I think, will make a massive difference, whether he plays or not. And don't forget that the Lions play South Africa A tonight, live and exclusive over on TalkSport. Coverage gets underway from 6pm. On now to Simon Moni Moni Jordan and why he decided to ban the evening standard when he was the Crystal Palace chairman. I had Simon Greenberg, who was the head of the Evening Standard, and I used to give them articles of preference because they were a London newspaper, and I thought it's important to patronise a London newspaper. They spent their whole time writing about what the colour of my hair was and how and how I was as a chairman rather than what my team was. So I banned them because I thought they were a disingenuous bunch of slobs. Simon Greenberg phoned me up to tell me, this is a view from a newspaper, how dare you ban us from a football club reporting on it because we make your football club. Our reporting of your games helps contribute to your success. There's too much power in the free press sometimes and I think balancing off and making them pay for the influence they have might might control some of it or it just might make commercialization between football clubs and media a thing that is the next step and they were wanting to know what was the color of your hair uh, a deep molasses no it was blonde <laughs> <laughs> Not that it is relevant, and who I was dating wasn't relevant to my team's performance. Apparently, Not relevant. Apparently, that romance ended because she hated the colour of your hair. That's what I oh, heard. Oh, there's a long list of reasons why romances end with me. That's it, gang. Thanks for listening on the TalkSport app wherever you get your podcast from. Don't forget to press that subscribe button, please. You'll be getting a pound from it. You won't. Obviously, that's in my. I'm back tonight on TalkSport on my show, Andy Goldstein Sports Bar, Monday to Thursday from 10pm, alongside, of course, the Moonface, the fun boy, Jason Cundy. There will obviously be another one of these Andy Goldstein TalkSport Euro Daily podcast thingies out first in the morning, so do what you've got to do to get it. Until then, thanks for listening. Have a great day, and above all, be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from TalkSport. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.